Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi. Hello. Pod buds. Hello. Hi, hi, Pod Buds. Welcome to Dane Pod. Yes, Dane Pod, the third international uh, trans sea episode of the Bud. Yes, Pod. I think I think so. Yeah, the, the yeah the third the third um, <clears throat> yeah wet, well, soggy soggy pod. Well, we must have done more than that in Melbourne. It must have been like three at least, or four. Uh, I don't know because oh, we, yeah, we, we did, did a couple. The, that's right, we did a couple extra in advance. That's true. In advance, we were prescient boys. <laughs> how is? But yes, uh, I'm in Copenhagen. Great, um, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you it's, it's Copenhagen a good time? Got, wait, wait, wait. We've got to we've got to be more careful about who's speaking when. Okay, I think I'm being a little more <laughs> erratic than usual at the wor- <laughs> at, on the worst possible podcast to do that. So okay, I'm going to slow down and calm down. I've had a water. I'm sorry. Have you had a water? Yeah, and it's it's kind of it's gone to my head. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I'm in Copenhagen to do some gigs uh, with a brilliant comedian called Simon Talbot. Mm-hmm. Talbot. He's he's interesting because he uh, he's from Denmark, but he his dad is Irish, and so he's fluent in English as a second language with a very sort of thick Dublin accent. Wow. But he doesn't have any cultural references, really. <laughs> so you meet this guy who's sort of like, Ah, Pierre, good to see you. Welcome to Copenhagen. And he's like, Oh, no, you're Danish. Wow. He sounds like it's... some sort of horrible experiment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that um, but in yeah, the most nice way possible. Yes, he's a, a wonderful, horrible experiment. Um and I did a sort of Twitch streaming thing. He's, he's going to start a Twitch streaming channel. So I did uh, some Twitch streaming today. Playing video games. Yeah, playing a driving game. Okay. I think I might start just film. I mean, I, I play video games to procrastinate, but if I could turn that into making money, well, then I could ruin my life. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, I, dude, I, I've been tempted by the Twitch thing, but I play video games to get the fuck away from everyone. I hate multiplayer. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't play video games to talk to more racists. So I, <laughs> I don't see the point. It defeats the purpose for me. I suppose um, when when I imagine doing like Twitch gaming, uh, I would just like play one of my sort of solo player strategy games, very sort of as carefully and quietly as I would do it to relax. Anyway, it would almost be like ASMR Twitch gaming. <laughs> just this gentle clicks of the button. Yeah, and and you just very quietly rage quitting. Yeah, and, and uh, I'll just quit now because I'm going to uh, shoot myself in the face. Uh, <laughs> and just you slowly slamming the controller into the wall, just clack, 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 clack. <laughs> We're just going, and eh, we'll just build a castle right there on the border uh, to kill the barbarians. There we go. I think it could be a moneymaker. Yeah, I mean, how many uh, YouTube genres can you put into one? That'd be interesting. Yeah. If, if I did a, a Twitch gaming ASMR video 
where I um, set fire to myself and fell off a wall <laughs> in Russia. Whilst taking the shit on your own chest. <laughs> <laughs> with, my, with a cat in the background. Well, I'm happy to say we made it three minutes and 48 <laughs> seconds before the first poo <laughs> reference. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a personal best for us, a pod best. Um, I think that must be a pod best. <laughs> it's terrible. And it was me as well. It came from me. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. We've been getting a lot of good tweets about um, a, uh, two two different people brought our, to our attention that, uh, a malfunctioning sign in America saying one hour poo. Oh, yeah. When it's supposed to be one hour photo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I love it. I think slow poo uh, in, in, in our presence has definitely done at least an hour poo. Oh, an hour poo wouldn't be enough. You'd have to like buy two sessions at that place. <laughs> the big queue of people tapping their feet, yeah. <laughs> You'd have like a, a loyalty card that's just like stamped all the way through. You stamp it with your shitty bum hole. <laughs> For God's sake. <laughs> Look, it's difficult because bum things are funny. It is. They, it will never, and it just gets funnier and funnier because as you become get older and older, the pretense of civility gets greater and greater. So it's all the funnier well, this, to remember that you all poo. Well, this is it. I mean, um, uh, Phil, you and I are going up to the Edinburgh Fringe in two weeks. Mm. And we will be living together, which is good news for, for Bud Pod fans. And also, we will be living with uh, uh, very lovely people, one of which is Glenn Moore, the comedian. True. Um, and Glenn, Glenn gets a lot of joy out of, out of the poo-poo bum-bum life. Yes. Well, Glenn's an interesting uh, poo case himself, isn't he? I, I don't, I don't want to spoil it now, but we've got to have him on in August. Yes, he's that's an interesting true. One. He is an, I, I don't want to spoil it now. That's a teaser, but he's an interesting one. Yes, just that's a good teaser. We're gonna have we're gonna have a very pooey episode for um, for a change, up, for a change up in Edinburgh. Um, but Glenn, Glenn, I was talking about this exact thing with him the other day, and he said he finds that really funny. Like if you were to like imagine, you know, sometimes in like a perfume advert or or, or whatever, there's always like a footage of some kind of a, a, a cripplingly stylish like ball like everyone's in gowns and black tie mm. you know like napoleon's birthday or something uh and like it's even funnier to imagine that intermittently in between like twirling on the dance floor and and, and drinking champagne they'll all have to just go to a little room and fire a poo out of their bum. pull up their huge dresses <laughs> and have a really have a <laughs> yeah yeah like like all those fucking vodka adverts where yes. they're in these pristine ballrooms and everyone's got to the eyes wide shut masks on. <laughs> yes. Oh my, what a pleasure to meet such an enchanting. Oh, um, uh, if you don't, wouldn't mind, I just uh, need to. I'll see you in a minute. Tip plop, tip plop, tip plop, tip plop. Why did I drink so much? Absolute. <laughs> and it's the olden days, so the the pooing is worse somehow. Yeah, they don't even have flushes. Oh. <laughs> Great. Exactly. So it like 
listener, you know, it, it's funny, okay? It just is. Look, I don't um, think at this point we have anyone to convince among the listeners. I, yeah. I think people yeah, are on, on board. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy that email we got from the guy saying, oh no, that pregnant woman's going to know that I, li- I live a bum bum life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit like a fight club, uh, this. You don't let slip that anyone knows. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I met yeah. a pod bud yesterday. I was at. Did you? Yeah, I was at Citadel Festival. The pod buds love a festival, you know. Oh. I was at Citadel Festival in London, and I met um, the pod bud who sent in the Dundee fajitas. Really? Yeah. The horrible, the horrible, pathetic fajitas. And she can confirm that was all the filling they had: some jalapenos, some cheddar, and some salsa. No meat, nothing. That was that was the that was the beginning and end of the fillings so you were having cold wheat tortilla wrap like mm-hmm. chewy gloop yep. not even toasted or anything yep and just with like everything except the filling inside cold cold grated cheddar so that they stay in those little pieces uh <laughs> with a lovely <laughs> it's always a bad sign it's always a bad sign when your burger comes with it not melted on yeah <laughs> yeah um so uh, it was lovely to meet her. Um, well, how was Copenhagen? It's good. You know, you know how everyone always goes on about like, um, oh, in Scandinavia the people are, are like so beautiful and all that. Yeah. Um, it's kind. It's kind of true, but not nearly to the extent that they'd have you believe. I think what they mean is, one in three people are blonde. <laughs> yeah, that's the suspicion I've always had. I genuinely think it's just about being being blonde and and sort of and sort of vaguely athletic looking, but only by virtue of the fact that it's like a lot of European cities where everyone cycles, so most people are in pretty good shape and blonde. You know what I've always kind of thought the um, the relentless admiration of the Scandinavian look is is um, it's a place where Europeans have had to put their inherent sense of white supremacy. Yeah. It's an acceptable, you know, everyone knows you can't say, oh, white is the most beautiful. And people who are right thinking don't say that. But there's a little nugget of them that still believes it. And so they yeah. just go, aren't Scandinavians beautiful? Yeah, yeah. they go, there's something, something, about, <laughs> something about those blonde, blue-eyed tall white people in the sort of woods and snow i just think it's better to the extent that they make up the idea that scandinavian society is perfect you know people always go oh yeah. this is they're these liberal havens where everyone lives a perfect life they have some of the highest suicide rates in the world and some of also, the also like- thinking <laughs> I was going to say they do like to vote in pretty large numbers for open far right parties. <laughs> but aren't they tall? And there's just something about the their unified look. I don't know what you would call the Scandinavian look, but I just know what? it's very beautiful. I like it a lot. <laughs> I don't. Know what what, you call what it. is it? What do you call it when everyone looks the same? <laughs> And and they have the same face style. Face style? Hmm. Um, but it's like when I went to... I've been to Norway a few times for gigs as well. And everyone's like, oh, the Norwegians, all, they're all uh, tall and Vikings. And I mean, I'm a tall guy. So I thought, oh, maybe it'll be like when I go back to South Africa and I kind of... I don't stick out of a crowd anymore. Like, my height is kind of close to the height of a crowd. And they weren't fucking tall either. 
the Norwegians? No. I've been continually let down by the 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 physical, the alleged physical superiority and beauty of the Scandinavians. People just need myths, Pierre. We st- we just need our myths. I think that's true. I mean, also, there's always that thing where someone goes, oh, such and such a city, everyone's beautiful there. And I always just think, well, if it's a city where it's really expensive to own property, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it's like a, and it's like an international city because it's like people with more money are generally more attractive because people with money have the ability to hire help and they have time to go to the gym mm-hmm. and better like dental treatment and haircuts and nutrition nourishment. Yeah. yeah. Long bones or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. That that country where only the very wealthiest can live, everyone just looks so well. I don't know. <laughs> what What is in the water here in L.A.? <laughs> Everyone's like a supermodel. You go, they are. They're here for work. But on the flip side, uh, the U.K. is far too expensive for how fucking butt ugly everyone is. <laughs> like for this the cost of living here promises a far higher standard of beauty than we get to enjoy <laughs> I uh, I have a friend who's from uh, gen- generically from the north yeah a- and he was saying um, uh, he was he was listening to Bud Pod I, th- I think when he went um he went up north and he said uh there's there's no easy way to say this but I, I i forgot how a lot of people in the north looked this is a northerner saying this by the way we have to point we're good. it is okay, yeah it's his word okay. he's allowed to say it yeah um and yeah he was just saying like a, a lot of the people and it, like it wasn't like an up-and-coming part of manchester he was visiting it was a sort of quite dismal but he was saying a lot of people just look like uh cream poured into soups and things <laughs> <laughs> just everyone looks slightly damp you know it's like the other, the other day when I went to Northampton and I've never been somewhere that looked more like a post-nuclear war fallout town oh yeah 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 what? like empty high street like clusters of groups of either far too young people in camo trousers and big jackets drinking hard cider from little bags or really really old people in camo trousers drinking tinnies from bags and yeah. like loitering just loitering yeah. and mumbling i've been there there's a lot of loitering but it's weird because there are there's like a mcdonald's or a kfc like near where they're loitering but they're empty mm, maybe people just like you... to take in the airs yeah they're promenading <laughs> it, northampton is a specific is a particularly depressing town sorry if you live in northampton but um well i'm sorry it is just it, it yeah. is depressing oh, um the, the what's the we are the the arts theater there there's a decent arts theater there the yes what's it called the it's like a pic- picture drone it starts with a d doesn't it the i don't know i did a gig there once i did uh a gig there once and i said um lovely to be here in wolverhampton and wow i lost a lot of goodwill very quickly for calling them <laughs> wolverhampton but it's one of those things like what the fuck does it matter you're right next to each other you're basically the same it doesn't matter it is not important you're st- it's it's 
it's that thing where in the UK, it's like they're more obsessed with it, the more definitely they're the same. I always liken it to, you know, like strong nuclear force and intermolecular force. Yeah. So like the forces between two atoms that are oppositely charged, quite strong. That's like, so that's the forces, the anger between countries. But the forces between the subatomic particles in the nucleus are incredibly strong. And that's like the hatred between towns that are next to each other. Yeah, that's. I think that's very true. And 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 the the they they call it the narcissism of small differences. Oh, that's good. <laughs> the narcissism where, of small yeah, where where everyone likes to pretend that like, uh, ooh, you know, not like in France. And you go, what? You mean the country that's unbelievably similar because it's <laughs> close by and like in the same way that like an English uh, some a certain type of British person, I should say will be really antagonistic to someone from France or like really weirded out by things in France, but they quite happily accept like a Mongolian herdsman. Yeah. The happy. Because it's so far away. Yeah, they'd be like, great, that's, that's, that's exotic and different and I can just ignore. Yeah. I can just, I can just totally go along with this. Yeah. It's the uncanny valley that people hate, isn't it? Things that are almost the same, but not exactly. Yeah, it fills them with rage and horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. People of Germany, mind uh, uh, Deutsches Volk. Um, I think, I don't know, is this something about uh, people that uh, have the blonde hair and the blue eyes? There's something I just, there's something I like about it, you know? And I don't understand why people think it's such a problem for these preferences. Um, maybe it would be nice if perhaps. You know, I was in a village the other day, and everyone there was blonde with blue eyes, and it was nice. I just have something, something to do with. Maybe it was the way the buildings were set out, or perhaps everyone was very um, athletic and fast, um, and they were tall. And it's something to do maybe with having rye bread for breakfast, or maybe cold cuts of pork and ham and cheese. But I just something about it, I like it. And they all spoke German. And it would be nice if I could live somewhere where everyone was just speaking German. Even if they were from maybe Poland or Czechoslovakia. Or, you know, Alsace-Lorraine. Or, um, Romania. Or anywhere like that. It's just if they spoke German, it would be even nice if they were all in one place. One place that would just be a pleasing symmetry to it on a map. Um, is what I'm saying, that's all. Just, that's just, that's, that's it, there's nothing complicated about it. And also, you know, it'd be nice for a city break, nice uh, wide roads, uh, good uh, architecture, why not? Um, did, hey, did you follow the cricket yesterday, speaking of inter intercultural battles? Ah, well, yes, uh, I, I sort of w remained aware of what was going on with the cricket um, through the internet. And it was in it was interesting to be in a country that didn't seem to give a, f a fucking shit about cricket or tennis uh, yesterday. 
Um, but yes, uh, we, we England has England has won the World Cup with a, a, a multicultural team, no less. Yes, it's great, um, and everyone um, who spends the rest of the year uh, complaining about the evils of the British Empire suddenly very enthusiastic about uh, all these um, curiously linked nationalities playing a particularly imperial sport. So yes, suddenly and also, it's okay. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've considered using it as a launching pad to uh, get people to listen to my radio show again. I think that's a good idea because, as you say, um, there is a pretense in the UK that uh, any 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 other country, like oh, in uh, Denmark, could also have had such a multi-cultural, uh, fully cohesive site, and uh, I don't think it's true. Um. Mm. I think I think it's one of those things where you go. I'm not saying it's good that the cricket team that w- has won the World Cup could only have existed in a country with a big empire, but it's definitely true. Yeah, absolutely. Because like like I was I was I was saying this to someone here yesterday because they were talking about um, how like because Den- Denmark has got problems with its r- sort of religious and racial minorities uh, in b- both in terms of um, a fair bit of extremism here and there, but also a lot of racism from uh, white Danish people, and I was saying to them like, "Well, it's a bit easier to to convince more people if like someone moves to the UK from former empire. Certainly, you know, fifty years ago, you could go like, "Well, no, this is the empire." There was like a kind of justification for it psychologically and culturally. Yeah. Whereas in Denmark, they're just like, "Well, we're Denmark. Why are you? Right, why yes. are you in Denmark?" Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's an interesting point because the. A very good case for multiculturalism in Britain is that the UK, for lack of a better phrase, brought it upon itself. Whereas, yeah, whereas a country that did not have a wide-ranging empire, I don't know. Maybe you could say they have more of an excuse. I mean, not to my set of values, but they certainly have more of an excuse than somewhere like the UK would to say this is our country and we want to keep it a particular way. It would be it would be funny if there was like some crazy like Scandinavian, you know, MEP who was just like we just like we left you alone. Uh, yeah, you leave, you leave us alone. We didn't scratch your back. You keep your hands off ours. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. Oh my god! Is it very difficult for racist uh, Danish people because there's no non-white people in their country to shout at? Do they like? Do they have to walk down, up and down the street with a cloche like Liam Neeson, just hoping, <laughs> just hoping someone brown comes out of a restaurant? Like, what, what do you have to do? Well, they they make sure to go to restaurants where everything's got more flavour in. Yes, yeah, so speaking of which, what is the food there like? Um, it's uh, I, I was I, I was expecting good things because everyone is like oh the thing about Copenhagen is that the food oh the food's amazing food's amazing and I get quite annoyed because everyone always goes hey you know that again you know that massive urban center with loads of money the food is good and you go you better be um, mm. and to be to be fair I had some uh, pizza last night um, and it was very good it was very good to be fair it was very very good yeah um, that's good Danish food appears to mostly be pork and potatoes and who can argue with that it's hard to argue with the, the old PNP uh, um, I'm sorry. I've just realised I, I said Liam Neeson walking up and down the street with a cloche, when what I meant was a was a cosh. Oh and, yes, a a, 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 a a cloche is like an item of clothing. Isn't no, it? a cloche is the little silver dome that they put over food in fancy restaurants. 
<laughs> Liam Neeson walking up and down the street with a I'm gonna put this on your head <laughs> and then you'll know <laughs> I'm gonna treat your head like a, a fancy French dish <laughs> I have a very specific set of silverware <laughs> he's got one of those weird voices like me and you have where it's kind of from three places mm. I've got a very specific set of silverware yeah it, it's, he sounds sometimes more southern Irish than northern Irish almost I don't know if that's the pressures of Hollywood yeah he does the pressures of Hollywood yes it probably is the pressures of Hollywood isn't it and and it, it does seem like um there's some accents where it's easier to convert them into American accents for various action movie purposes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, where, the, where the Americans, even if it's not quite perfect, they'll just go, yeah, sure, fine. Um, but in, in answer to your question, Phil, I think that that's why so many Scandinavian or Danish racists must be so pleased about the internet because it means they can digitally shout at, at, at brown people. Mm-hmm. And they are, I think, strikingly present on sort of online uh forums like yes as the like the alt-right on the internet are very like are usually from countries with very few non-white people and i think that's right yes yeah. i think it's because they're just they, they they they've been frightened by other more imaginative racists into imagining something and and so now they go on the internet and as, as you say like if you if you are unfortunate enough to receive or or, or you go and look at someone receiving racist tweets a very high number of them will be tweeting the rest of the time in the Scandinavian language <laughs> yeah, or in Russian. It's absolutely true. The, the Russians love it. Oh, of course. I mean, it just in, here in the UK, it, they found that, you know, uh, the towns that had the least immigrants in it were the most opposed to immigration. Yeah. People who've never met immigrants are the most opposed to them. It's, it's like that thing where if anyone's worried about immigration in, like, the middle of nowhere in Wales... Mm. And you sort of think, well, what? What are you afraid of? Are you, you you're, you're afraid of a, a Dutch stable hand? <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, the, what's what do you think is going to happen? The unseen evil is always very, very great, and then when you actually are confronted with these people, they're often fine. You know how they? I've found in real in my own life, they say you should, you mustn't meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed. I try, yeah. I try also not to meet my enemies because usually they're fine. <laughs> you know, and it's, that's even more disappointing. Yeah, you 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 want to meet your enemy and be like, "Wow, if anything, I was I was being kind about how <laughs> evil you are." Yeah, you're even worse than you were in my dreams. <laughs> but usually, like, hi, hey, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'm being I'm kind of busy at the moment. Uh, here, have this canopy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're fine. But that's that's sometimes that can make you um, have a lot more contempt for them, right? Like if you ever met um, like some r- hard right wing shock jock, and then they were just like, "Yeah, I just do it for attention." You'd be like, "Well, stop it then." Well, that's worse. Well, I mean, th- th- I've heard this about like uh, Katie Hopkins. She's yeah. apparently in person very, very pleasant, like really nice and polite, and she does it as a job. And I guess that is. Yeah, that is worse. That is worse. It's 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 a lot more sort of morally abhorrent because at least if you, she had the courage of her convictions, you could go, well, she does believe it. But instead, she's kind of like a sort of fascist YouTuber. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's the UK's oldest YouTuber. It's so it's such a weird thing to sort of think. 
do, do you think that that's how she describes it to people? That, oh, I fell into this? Because you, you couldn't plan to have this as your life. No, no. Yeah, I guess you do. It, it is something you fall into. Did, she did, just found she's good at it. Yeah, did you know about her um, her deliberately antagonistic weight loss show? No. I only knew about this um, because I looked her up. I was reading her wiki page, and she did a show. <laughs> she did a show where she deliberately got really fat, or like put on a lot. <laughs> she deliberately put on a lot of weight, just so that she could lose the weight really quickly and and like say like see. Was it was it called Inflaty Hopkins? <laughs> <laughs> Inflaty Katie. <laughs> but like Inflaty Popkins. <laughs> but how is that for trolling? Right, so she just she just went out of a way to go, it is easy to lose weight, you're all making it up. Yeah, and what's more, she yeah. she, she filmed herself eating all like the cream the, the lovely cream puddings and custard and pork and whatever and was like this is too much to eat i feel sick how do you people do this to yourselves so it was like trolling all the way up and all the way down again brilliant well i mean fair play to her commitment yeah i mean that's um that is a uh the 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 craftsmanship of a renaissance painter into that gigantic (laughs) fuck you to a whole lot of people where you sort of think wow i cannot believe you got paid to essentially piss on everyone's chips yeah yeah, and I can't help but admire someone who, at the very least, epitomizes their work. Yes. Regardless of what the work is, as long as you epitomize it, I can't help but have some admiration for that. It's, it's, it's that thing of like, um, it's hard, it's hard not to admire a, a sort of purism, mm. where you go, wow, you, you really are a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not messing around here. You know, you're not yeah. taking a holiday. Um, yeah, she's really committed to the whole. I'm, I'm, I'm human garbage. Yeah, um, that's what. That's why the worst thing a person can say is like, not, not, not to me, not to be mean, right? Not to be mean. No, I love her, but no, I'm not being mean. Uh, it's like, no, you are. Commit to it. Yeah. Also, like, oh, oh, I, oh, I love her. I love her. It's just that, and you go, well, like. Why are you prepping me for this? I'm I'm not this person. Yeah. I No, she's lovely. She's lovely. Yeah. Do you know how strong a word lovely is? <laughs> lovely. <laughs> she exudes love, but I think she talks in a stupid voice ah, and that cancels <laughs> out that she exudes love. It's 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 that thing of like I I always want to say to people who who do all that prep before they complain about someone. I want to say to them Please respect me enough to believe that I can hear you say this and not then run around saying, so-and-so hates Susan. <laughs> like in a playground. Yeah, like I'm, like I'm seven. <laughs> you're, you're holding a champagne glass at some fancy party. You go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's very interesting. Would you just hold this... Hey everyone! <laughs> jump, 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 jump. Listen up! Listen. You're running around the room flapping your arms. 
he thinks Susan's a, a bit annoying. He thinks she talks about her kids too much. <laughs> and I you go back and you're like, well, you didn't tell me not to say that. You didn't say that you, you thought she was lovely, so I didn't say that part. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I have a very specific set of silverware. I have a quash. I have a knife. A, a butter knife, knife, a cheese knife. It's sort sort of rounded and smooth on one side, and then on the other side, it's got like a forked prong thing, so you can so you can cut you can cut the cheese and then and then fork it. Well, knife it, I suppose, but with the same piece of silverware, it's just very efficient. I have uh, some silver-bottomed uh, champagne glasses. Uh, they add to, to the stability of your drinking. I have a whisk, a silver whisk, believe it or not. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone else in the world has a silver whisk. It's actually quite... Uh, impractical because silver bends too much but i have it because i have a very specific set of silverware as i said earlier on on this phone call so uh, uh by the way i know you have my daughter what i'm trying to see is if you return her i'll forget about it and we'll i'll i'll keep i'll just make something with my silverware but if you don't i will i will find you i will uh kill you and i will then cut you up with my cheese knife and then pick up the pieces of your body with the same knife as i said earlier it's got these great prongs on the top side of the blade so i can do it all with one knife okay Good luck. On on a on a on a good note in terms of combining uh, a theme uh, that we've had two themes that we've had so far. You know, there's so there's Katie Hopkins, of course, but then there's also Julia Hartley Brewer. 
Oh, yes. She's another sort of lady. The, the, the right wing does a very strong line in kind of grouchy lady trolls. Yeah, you, you can't fault them on their uh, um, gender balance. If you go to America, you will, you will never fail to find a blonde lady with her hair in a ponytail who's willing to be tacitly racist on the news. <laughs> it just seems like there's a natural abundance. Anyway. It's not even, it's not even tacit yes. in America. Yeah, they're a lot more direct about it. Um, so uh, just a fun thing that I do to cheer myself up because inevitably whenever I see Julia Hartley Brewer pop up on anything she's there being awful or uh, deliberately inaccurate about something in some way in my opinion um, uh, I just always read her name as uh, Julia Hartley Brewer <laughs> <laughs> and just like that back to the theme 30 minutes and 58 seconds in yeah and it makes it cheers yep. me up because it'll be like Julia Hartley Brewer is on talking about how immigrants cause cancer or whatever and I go huh more like Julia Hartley Poor <laughs> it's good and she can't come back to that yeah she can't come back what's she gonna say no <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna claim that Julia you're gonna claim you don't fart a shit <laughs> that would be quite funny if we could trap Katie Hopkins into trying to do a big documentary about how she doesn't fart or shit <laughs> And the rest of us are making it up because we're snowflakes. Yeah, we we only fart like farts and shits only come out of us because we're weak and we let them. <laughs> now that would be Inflaty Hopkins if she didn't let any other poo out. <laughs> she's she's just there with her, like a really distended stomach, like going. Uh, you see, you're just weak. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, what what does have today have in store for you? What time is it over there? It is an exactly one hour ahead. Oh, the future! Yes, I'm in the future, um, Phil. I yeah. So you have the show tonight, gigging tonight. Yes, indeed. Uh, so 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 basically, the the thing I'm doing here, uh, Phil and and dear listener, is that uh, this guy uh, Simon, who's um, seem seem certainly from what I can tell, is a pretty big deal here in Denmark, anyway. Um, you know, big the show's full and whatever. He's doing like a new material thing because he's trying to start gigging more in English. Because mm. uh, he mostly gigs in Danish, and so he's got this thing where he'll do like ten to twenty minutes of new stuff in English with notes, and then I'll come on and do like twenty twenty five minutes of whatever the hell I do, and then there's an interval, and then he'll come back on and do like an hour. Is the is the English there really as exquisite as I've been led to believe? Yeah, like everyone seems to be pretty much fluent in english certainly well i mean it's it's kind of a f- self-fulfilling prophecy right because if they can't speak english it's not like they still talk to me right of course yeah um <laughs> but the people who have been speaking english have been yeah pretty much pretty much perfect um and they it's it's that interesting it's that interesting thing with when europeans learn english is that they tend to they tend to learn american english mm. Yeah. Um, but not always, and so it's interesting to hear the their use of vocabulary. They often sound quite uh, mid-Atlantic. There's like those great. I think they're American Dad characters. The yes, <laughs> the two <laughs> European guys who. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm hanging over after drinking ten liters of beer last night. <laughs> yeah, they're really funny. It's really funny characters. It's this really well observed kind of weird. It is. It's so specific, but bang on. Yeah, it's perfect. And like, for example, last night, one of the guys was like, is it root or route? And I was like, well, it's root in Britain and the Commonwealth, and it's route in America. 
Yeah. And, it is confusing. Yeah, and he was like, he found that quite irritating, and I was like, entirely <laughs> fair enough, entirely fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, um, I, I had a, a, a date scheduled for tonight, uh, but she's not feeling well, so... I'm going to stay in and watch tonight's panorama about the LGBT debate in schools. Oh, okay. So um, you're going to stay in and uh, sort of get quite irritated about uh, a situation that is like, it's the worst kind of situation. It's morally incredibly simple, but politically, Mm -hmm. politically very complicated. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, I have a date tonight with contention <laughs> i i would give any amount of money to have someone powerful in government whose job is just to say fuck off yeah i mean i, I the, the and fair play to like the education secretary that is i think the tacit uh um strategy here it's, the, it's but uh, it, it's too tacit though because they I, I read a preview article about the panorama and it's like um it's saying how initially the school got the impression they needed to just give in yeah well from from the government yeah really oh that's a shame but like they like the school was trying to read between the lines because you know what the government's like if they tell you to do anything then they're responsible so they're just being all english and vague okay right, anyway, right, right, right. anyway i mean you're gonna watch an actual documentary about it so whatever um, <laughs> yeah. You you tell me what it's about later. Okay, um, I'll do. I, I'll educate you, and you have to thank me for educating you. Even it's not, even though it's not your job to educate me, Phil. I know I should stay in my lane, but I can't help it. <laughs> I'm an educator. I know I should stay in my lane. I would love, I would love a school full of really woke teachers saying it's not my job to educate you. <laughs> Yeah, and like <laughs> if 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 a um, science teacher has to substitute like an English class, if like I'm, I'm I can't I have to stay in my lane. I have to stay in my, lane. Stay in my lane. It's none of my business. <laughs> as long as a teacher saying it's not my job to educate you, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ring letters, emails, emails, emails phone calls, Correspondence. Um, I'm going to be looking at the correspondence, Phil, on my new uh, on my new phone. Wow! When did you um, when did you upgrade, downgrade, sidegrade? Up- I upgraded. I think a week or two ago. Um, because. Uh, I dropped my phone in the toilet, <laughs> which is very on brand. Very on brand. <laughs> Perfect for a bud phone. Yes, although I, uh, it was a clean, it was a clean loo. I must emphasize. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame for the brand. Um, and so, <laughs> so I had to revive. Of course, um, if if it's <laughs> if you drop a. <laughs> If you, if you drop a phone in a, a soil toilet, you, of course you have to put it in a brown rice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, All right, so some, some correspondence. 
let's read this filth in higher definition than before. Yes, please. Um, so, uh, Lydia gets in touch. Oh, Liddy, Liddy, put the lid on and take it off. That's it's right. Lydia. <laughs> put your clush on, Lydia. Go out of the clush. Uh, hey, bod puds. Uh, bod puds. We, 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 we both have kind of pudding body, but we're trying to get rid of it, aren't we, Phil? That's true. That's true. But yeah. for, for the time being, that is accurate. She says, uh, I was at Phil's Bristol Comedy Garden set on Saturday night. Oh, nice. That's um, a great gig. There was a pregnant pause after he had, had he had announced that he'd finally settled down and started a podcast. I was in the back row in like row Z, surrounded by strangers, but I want to reassure you that internally I was shouting, keep jacking it, at the top of my voice. <laughs> Great. It does take courage to heckle with a masturbation catchphrase, I think. Especially all the way from the back in a pretty big tent. Yes, and she says, uh, keep on keeping on jacking, uh, Lydia. And uh, she says, uh, depressing... P.S. Depressing postscript. The first thing that OK Thank You brings to my mind is trying to def- de- tra- trying to deflect creepy compliments without escalating the situation, which is fair. Mm, yes, the dark side of OK Thank You. It is the dark underbelly of the OK <laughs> Thank You movement. The dark underbelly is such a funny phrase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, Inar gets in touch. Uh, Inar, um, are you in or out? You're in the pod. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, hello, peep and poop. <laughs> For God's sake! <laughs> um, I would like to start off by saying, when I first discovered Phil, he gave off the impression that he would be a great best friend, and now it has developed into a huge crush. Ah, oh, that's nice. A huge crush. Um, anyway, okay, thank you. Actually, uh, okay, okay th- thank you. Yeah, there we go. Um, anyway, I have a most uncool thing and coolest uncool thing, but they are both the same thing. Okay, interesting. So I think what she's saying is this is exactly on the Louis line if they're both the same thing. Yeah. Um, for listeners who are just joining us, and there might be quite a few of you, um, the Louis line, so uh, if we imagine a graph where it's from plus 100 to minus 100, and plus 100 is as cool as you can be, and minus 100 is the least cool thing in the universe, zero, or the Louis line, is uh, Louis Armstrong picking all of his own records on Desert Island Discs as the best music in the world. Which is uh, simultaneously very cool and horribly uncool. Yes, it's the most baller thing you can do, and also the most Alan Partridge thing you can do. <laughs> uh, so she's saying video games fits this category. For example, in professional leagues, they get lots of money, and they have championships, and they win, and they get seen as cool. However, uh, uh, even the coolest, uh, even the least cool people have played or do play video games. I think that's true. Oh my god, another person! Another. This is this is right after the last email. I wanted to shout, "Keep jacking it!" at Phil at the Brighton Comedy Garden show, but I would spare him the embarrassment. No way! So Brighton and Bristol. <laughs> Brighton and Bristol both had a shy lady at the back thinking to you, <laughs> "Please keep jacking it, Phil." Um, That's keep, wonderful to know. Keep jacking it from Inna, and she says the name is Albanian. If you're wondering. Oh, how's it spelled? I N A. Wow! Yeah, great. Um, that's a neat name. Uh, and, 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 yeah, uh, listeners, we must apologize. Even though we did get back to Inbox Zero recently, there has been such a flood. Oh, great. Uh, that, that I'm afraid we won't be able to read out, um, all your emails, but we do read them all and we do keep jacking it. <laughs> uh, what have we got next? <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have we have a sort of update from Natalie. Okay, great, great, great. 
so to keep people get people up to speed, Natalie had a job interview and when asked to tell a story, told the um, I fucked a dog story um, when a, um, a troubled man on the tube carriage that I was on started telling everyone very loudly that he fucked a dog. Yeah. And I'm just so interested to see how her career is progressing. <laughs> so she says, uh, apologies for my late reply. I have been in Paris learning comedy. Ah, yeah. oh, clowning perhaps. Perhaps some clowning. Um, for now, I'm still in Paris, but I finally have time to answer your questions. To answer Phil's question, I told the story in the original interview as if it had happened to me. Oh, interesting, interesting. interesting. And she says, thank God, otherwise it would have been even worse, which is true. Um, uh, I had my second interview for the job last week, which was for the job of food tour guide. Um, a horrifying okay. job because I would have to interact with tourists, but it pays surprisingly well. Uh, In Paris, is it? I think so, yes. And, and uh, good pay and free food and tips. Uh, for the second interview, I was asked to learn a whole script, stand in front of one of their restaurants, and lead a single person on a, quote, tour using this script. The first time I did it, I completely fucked up, stumbled over my words, and left loads of information out. The interviewer said, don't worry, it was a practice round. We'll do it again, and I'll film this one. Thankfully, I nailed it the second time. I performed it word for word and was extremely confident. The interviewer, <laughs> <laughs> the interviewer gave me many compliments and even gave me a hug. I was wow. so Yeah. I was so confident that I had the job. When the interviewer asked if I had any questions, I replied with, when can I start? Nice. Which in hindsight, uh, with an astonishing amount of... Uh, which in hindsight is an astonishing amount of cockiness for someone who literally only read a five-minute script correctly. Anyway, I've not heard back yet. I guess I'm still in the swirling cesspool of graduate job hunting. If you know of any jobs, please let me know. Uh, K-G-A-I with all my heart, Natalie. Well, thank you so much for keeping us up to date, Natalie, and well done on your excellent uh, restaurant tour. Um, I'm sure, um, well, maybe I don't know, maybe the, the French don't like too much confidence. Maybe they, yeah, they sort of, um, you should have been more aloof in the restaurant. Um, you know, maybe when the guy was like, uh, what kind of food can I get here? You should have gone, just shrugged and spat at him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the authentic Pari Parisian attitude. And he's just sort of nodding sagely as spit rolls down his forehead. <laughs> sm smiling, giving her slow clap. Very yeah. good, very good. The student has become the master. <laughs> From the people that brought you Sugar Eagle, it is the all-night tanning bed. The all-night tanning bed. That's right, finally a tanning bed that you never have to leave. Don't worry about not being able to sleep because of the creepy blue light either. The tanning bed all night features not a single piece of UV light equipment. But how? I'll tell you how. The entire bed has been soaked, soaked to the bone, in tanning liquid. As you sleep and roll around in the bed, the tanning liquid leaves the bed sheets and applies itself directly to your body, creating the opportunity to wake up in the morning five shades darker than when you went to sleep. Stop being mistaken for a ghost at family gatherings. Make people think you've been on an expensive holiday when in reality you've only paid $699 to sleep in a sodden chemical bed. You're my tanning bed. Call 1-800-SQUELCH-PILLOW. It's the rock and roll solution to having pale skin. You're my tanning bed. Um, we have a very intellectual podcast from Catherine. 
We have an intellectual podcast. So, oh God, sorry. We have a very intellectual, oh. uh, very intellectual email from Catherine, and it's going to make a, you know, it's going to up the tone of this podcast for once. Thank God. Oh please, thank you, Catherine. Hello, P and P. Uh, she, uh, she says uh, she loves a podcast um, uh, highlight of my Wednesday morning and has facilitated a lot of embarrassing public laughter and procrastination that's very kind thank you um, that's how we do it uh, your discussion of the coziness of spookiness and folk horror in episode 20 reminded me of an M.R. James quote about wanting to leave his readers feeling pleasantly uncomfortable when walking along a solitary road at nightfall mm. very nice who is this person M.R. James M.R. James M.R. James yeah well, it's terrible um, that a Chinese guy confused an R and an L there. But... I was about to say. I was say that. <laughs> That's right, Phil. ML James. <laughs> okay, I don't. I'm not. I'm not acquainted with MR James. Um, he wrote something. Uh, no, she. Oh God, what am I doing? The trouble is, I've just typed it in, and it looks like I'm typing in Mr. James. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it. Oh, yes, it is. Um. He, he's um, a ghost story guy. That's right. Oh, okay. What was his most famous... He's in the same kind of category as H.P. Lovecraft, I think. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, I think he wrote The Turning of the Screw. Did he? I think he did. It's very spooky if he did. Okay. He's a spooky old boy. Mm, I must I read I some... Like, I don't like spooks. I don't know these people. Really. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's very intellectual. We will, we will become better fans of M.R. James. Anyway, she, so th- then she ups the ante even more, Phil. Mm-hmm. She says, Philosophers in aesthetics talk about something called the Lucretian or Lucretian return upon the self, which some theorists view as the reason people derive pleasure from consuming horrific or tragic fictions and perhaps find mildly spooky things cozy. Uh, Lucretius... I'm going with, um, suggests that we enjoy seeing what ills we are spared, transfixed by the sight of a ship caught in the middle of a perilous storm, because it mm. vividly reminds us of our own good fortune, eliciting a pleasurable meta-response or a kind of horror hugger. Oh, absolutely. I, I had this sensation back in Chinese school when people would get caned. And yeah. when, someone, when another student got caned, I remember, like, being sort of terrified and horrified, but also feeling this great sense of relief and that it wasn't me. And I guess that's why people used to go and watch people get hung at the gallows, right? Yeah, and, and, to, and to sort of... They, they always used to go on about how the people need to see justice done and literally see it. Yeah. And, and that, that thing of like, oh, I feel better for not also stealing some bread to feed myself because, look, that guy's dead. Um <laughs> You know, yeah. uh, so she asks, "Do you guys have any pleasantly uncomfortable, most uncomfortably pleasant?" Which I guess you just gave us the caning. Right. Yes, that was that would be my memory. I mean, my for a while. Mine, um, mine was on the way to Copenhagen. Uh, the Stansted Express broke down halfway there because they just said, "Oh, the railway lines have no electricity suddenly," uh, because Britain <laughs> is Britain is crumbling. And uh, so there were like 200 annoyed airport people in the in the car park of a very rural train station. Um, yeah. And they were like, we're going to get you a coach to drive you there. And all of these poor foreigners were like, well, the British must be very efficient when it comes to getting coaches to replace their broken trains. And I thought, you poor fool. So I was desperately ringing taxi companies. 
Oh really? And, yeah, these <laughs> these these two ladies got a taxi, and I just ran up and said, "Can I, are you going to the airport? Can I just come with you?" And they went, "Yeah, sure." So I, I like got in their taxi, and I had that pleasantly uncomfortable, uncomfortably pleasant as we were just driving past all these like people just after half an hour still thinking the bus is definitely coming. You know, the bus was not coming, Phil. Not for hours. They were really going to miss their flights. Um, oh no! Yeah. So that's oh, mine. Nice. Catherine says. Um, Catherine says uh, her thing is uh, she's currently extremely hay feverish and would gladly scoop out my eyes with a cold spoon to get some relief. There is nonetheless a certain nihilistic savor to finally giving in and having a massive scratch, um, <laughs> even as you even as you know it will make it much worse as soon as you stop. Koji, Catherine, mm. uh, that's true. Thanks, Catherine. Finally, rubbing your eyes is a real pleasure. Mm. Mm-mm. Um, thank you for upping the uh, the class of the podcast for a brief minute or two there, Catherine. Yes, it was like the Open University. It was a real cool shower uh, before we delve <laughs> back into the sewer with our next email. <laughs> Here we go. Dear P Squared, I love the pod, and I thought with all the bum-bum talk, I would offer some BBC-esque balance. Okay. At, Univer- at university... Uh, I lived in one of those houses where the landlord was playing the game of how many human beings can I fit into a confined space? Um, which meant we had three floors of bedrooms with a single bathroom down three sets of stairs. Uh, my friend was uh, my friend was on the uppermost floor and was one of the laziest men I have ever met. When he was hungover, rather than going downstairs to use the bathroom, he would essentially just chuck down several Imodium tablets. Uh, he would just he would just take a lot of Imodium tablets. This essentially corked him up, so he could play Mario Kart and Jacket without the tyranny of the bathroom. We never asked about what happened when it was a number one, mainly because the resulting answer would surely have been the stuff of nightmares. He is now a married man with a small child. God help us all. Keep jacking it from George in <laughs> London. Well, so Imodium blocks you up, is it? Yes, it's an- it's supposed to be anti diarrhea. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. At least there's some ingenuity there, I suppose. But the the mo- the, the grossest uh, image there is the f- the the prescience he had in the drugstore buying emotion, yes. knowing what he was going to do. Pe- people, yeah, people preparing to be lazy in a gross way it always it seems perverse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but again, it's taking effort. It. Yeah, 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 going. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the um, the the paradox of going out of your way to be lazy, or like being yeah. being a proactive in your laziness and preparing for laziness. Exactly, exactly. Um, so th- this this next piece of correspondence, I must admit, it's like um, he's very kindly emailed it in as a kind of summary. Um, Matt, who was the the guy who um, asked us. Uh, uh, sent, us in, sent us in the knife that looked like the number four. Oh, thanks, Matt. A long time ago. Um, he's actually been corresponding since, but um, it's been on Facebook Messenger, so I've ke- I, keep, I kept forgetting to give him oh, his okay. due. So, um, he says, uh, so, he says, Dear Novelli Wang, um, excuse me, um, story, while at a recent wedding in Glasgow, I found another regular listener who, upon hearing I was the number weapon, Matt, uh, demanded to know if I was the slow pooer. Oh, right, right, in a, right. 
In an odd turn of events, I had to end up reassuring my friend that I do poo normally. Not something that I had to do before Bud Pod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're being the change we want to see in the world. Yes, we want more poo talk. Um, missing side quest. Once while walking home after a superhero film, lost in my own thoughts about being Batman and wouldn't it be cool, <laughs> etc., uh, a lad did a beer run, stealing a crate of beers, uh, running out of a shop, in a comically huge white puffy jacket. The shopkeeper came running out after him. This was all happening mere meters in front of me. The lad struggled onto his BMX bike, uh, struggled to jump on his BMX bike, but eventually got away. Meanwhile, still lost in my own thoughts, I just walked past this whole scene, only realizing the irony when the shopkeeper looked at me in disbelief. So it just he's just like like doopy doopy doo through a crime I'd scene. I'd be a great I'd be a great superhero. Yes, I'm the mate. I'm an agent for justice. Ba -ba -da -ba -da. <laughs> oh look, a thief. Yep, ba -da -ba -da. no business of mine. Whoop ba doop ba do. I'm Batman. <laughs> he says, I, I feel like there was a disappointed Darren Brown around the corner, wondering where he went wrong. Um, <laughs> in terms of celebrity spotting, he says uh, he he once saw David Icke in a cafe in Cambridge, Ooh. ironically, ironically, Phil, looking like a lizard man wearing a flesh mask, <laughs> like in Men in Black. Emma gets in touch and says, hello, 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 Phil Pong and Pierre No Smelly. <laughs> Although you, that, that means, you, that means you smell nice if you're no smelly. I'm, I'm still got a Pong. Maybe, maybe if we think of it like a Scottish thing where it's like, now I'm smelly. Ah, very good. Maybe it's that's smelly. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your scatological yet superlative pod has brightened up mine and my friend's day-to-day -day life. Thank you. Uh, however, that life heavily features corporate jobs, probably not dissimilar from Phil's sister's law firm. Hashtag poor life choices. Open brackets. Poo life choices. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, not content with sending each other messages about pilots and inappropriate <laughs> verb usage, we are now so immersed in your world that we're facing a daily struggle to avoid saying okay thank you in a sarcastic manner in response to colleagues' basic bitch requests. <laughs> Furthermore, the desire to sign off even the most mundane of emails with keep jacking it has become overwhelming. Please send help, <laughs> yeah. or at least <laughs> please send help, or at least create an equally catchy but less wank implicit catchphrase. Yours jackingly, Emma. Well, I mean, look, we've we've tried to we've we've tried to make this a more sophisticated podcast, but it just doesn't last. And we'd I be mean, lying to, to ourselves and yeah. lying to you. Yeah, and it's and poo is funny. It is funny. Yeah, I, I'm I'm amazed. People haven't been accidentally signing off normal emails. Keep jacking it. Yeah, but that's a worthy yeah. well done, everyone. Yes, yes. It's. It, I don't know if. Yeah, I. I think there's there's plenty of things that could be a catchphrase, but there's not many. many it's it's our only sign off, isn't it? Yeah, it is our <laughs> it's our only sign off. <laughs> uh, and it it does work it does work and it came about very organically and you you can't you can't fight these things you know yeah, yeah. that's it that's very true i think that's fair I, I think it's fair to say that we 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 are at the mercy of of the storm of bud pod um <laughs> yeah we can't uh, uh, we can't control this thing we just try and steer it yes but bud pod is is like a big leaky poo ship it's um <laughs> We just do our best to get it from port to port. We can't quite control the route it takes. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. 
Um, I think that's um, we've still got quite a few emails to go. Um, so if you emailed in, don't worry, uh, uh, we do read them all. But um, we're, if we don't don't be uh, disheartened, we're just um, we're just yeah, going we'll, through them. We'll absolutely get to them eventually. We will get sure. to them. Um, but yes, other than that, um, thanks for listening to to uh, Dane Pod or Danska Pod. Yeah. Danska I'm going to see if I can good. Dane Pod. Um, hmm. I'm going to uh, see if I can call it Dane Pod, but I can make the O have a line through it. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, do that. That sounds fun. All right, sweet. Um, thank you, everyone. Bye, bye. Okay, keep jacking it. Okay, thank you. Keep jacking it. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.